0: Hi, I'm Curtis Herbert.
1: I'm Alice Zhao.
0: And I'm Jelly, a.k.a. Daniel Farrelly. And this is Independence, a show where the three of us chat about our efforts to make a living on the App Store and the web and whatever else catches our attention at the moment. So not so much a things I wish somebody had told me before I went indie, but kind of in that vein. I, I think that there's a lot of different stresses that come with being indie that are quite unique. And certainly ones that you're not aware of before you make the leap. And some of them certainly have thrown me for loops. Some of them have been more emotionally consuming than standard job-job stresses. And they all seem to be kind of unique, depending on if you're freelancing or shipping a product. Mine have certainly changed over time. So I definitely thought that would be a pretty interesting uh, behind-the-scenes kind of discussion to have. So I guess uh, to start off, Jelly, this might be the most appropriate for you. You just, as of recording, shipped a big update for GifWrapped. And so your stress is probably coming off pretty... You're probably feeling pretty good right now. Uh, But you probably just recently had a very big stress. So what was the big one that was just hitting you for the past couple months?
2: My stress tends to come from one of two places. Just in general, but I mean, it kind of makes sense in the realm of releasing and, you know, getting out updates and stuff like that. And those are time... And money. The, those are the two basic causes of most of my stress. The one that really kind of comes into play with the, with the release, the last release that I've done of GIF wrapped is, is the time thing. Because part of the way that I do my releases is that I try to make sure that I have a major release ready for the next big iOS release of the year. Yeah. Good timing. Which typically drops, you know, around uh, September, October, you know, generally September. And, it means that, you know, in the lead up to that, I have to kind of be prepared, have a certain amount of preparation done so that I can kind of work towards that goal. And I mean, this year, this year was kind of a little bit out of the ordinary because I suddenly had another app that I needed to get an update done for so that it wouldn't stop working with iOS 11. And all of a sudden, my time frame kind of got reduced to basically, you know, half of what it should have been. And now I'm working on two apps and just kind of trying to get everything out the door. And so, yeah, the, the stress around release for me this, this year especially was basically a time thing. Like it was make, trying to – I know that I've got this deadline looming and the closer and closer that I get to it this year, I, the more stressed I was and kind of the more that I throw myself in and uh, into trying to get the work done. And you know, forsaking everything else, I basically stopped kind of doing a bunch of other stuff and trying to throw, you know, trying to get more work done, which actually makes it worse. Not. better. Yeah, that's never good. I've done that. <laughs> it's hard to yeah. fight it, but yeah, that hurts. Yeah, so it's it's not it's. I mean, it's not great, but you know, for me now, as of recording, it's it's over for a little while, and <laughs> I just I you know I can I can kind of relax a little bit, which is nice. So what about you, Alice? Do you have any stresses that kind of affect your general workflow, with especially with releases? I don't know if you've got a release coming up anytime soon.
1: I don't have a release coming up right now, but I think it's always money, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've been at it for sixty six years now, and the question's always, when are we going to make enough to continue? And then it, looking back, I think every year or so, we kind of hit a wall where we're like, is this it? Is this the turning point? Do we have to decide whether or not we need to continue or just drop it? And so I'm not sure anything magical happens at that moment, or we just slowly pass the deadline. <laughs> just keep working. <laughs> but that's the biggest stress, a stressor for me, um, mainly because to you guys, it's Probably a side hustle, side gig, sort of.
0: Getting there more for me.
1: Okay. And then um, for Yano and I, it's our main gig. Mm -hmm. And so the tough part is if it was just one of us, we could probably survive on what we make. But because there's two of us and there's, you know, our families, that gets stressful because you have to pay the bills and feed tiny little children. (laughs) So I think that's been our biggest issue is, you know, every year uh, we kind of have a freak out moment and we have to figure out whether we continue or not. And somehow we're at year six.
0: (laughs) Well, it's good. You've gotten six years. That's that's a good milestone.
1: (laughs) Five. Sorry. Five is still good.
2: It's like it's. It's not really that much different, honestly. (laughs) Um, Once they start to kind of flow in together and eventually you'll get to year like 15, you'll be like, how did we even get here? (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: what I'm hoping for.
0: (laughs) Well, that's what I think business is. You just kind of keep slugging along until it fails and you just hope it keeps not failing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or that's just the indie life.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, that money is definitely, I think, a universal stress and definitely one that is hard to understand when you have a job job. Because you really just clock in and the money appears in your bank account. And you don't have to worry about that. And whether you
1: work or don't work, it's still coming in.
0: Yeah. Versus now, like, you are directly, like, sure, you can't go to work work and, you know, surf reddit all day you can try
2: though you can try and i did
0: <laughs> um, but it's something that like as long as you're not negligent that money's going to keep showing up so you don't really have to stress over it you just might have to stress over getting a raise or something to make ends meet right but yeah for me recently i've kind of just because i've kind of gotten a good hand on contracting over the past couple of years and stuff like that and slopes are starting to pay more money the focus has, I think, on my stress has less been on money. Because mm. worst case, I can take on client work. Like, I can fill my time, pay the bills. That's not too hard once you've been indie contracting for a while. But I think my stress as of late has more been, am I going to f- this up? Uh, because as an indie contractor, I could pay the bills, but that's not where my heart was. I liked contracting. I had good clients. But Slopes is a business I want to build. And over the past yeah. couple years, I've been seeing it 3x, 2x, and it's getting to the point where maybe this season it might justify my full-time attention, but I have to keep doing the things right to keep growing the revenue so that it doesn't go like 3x, 2x, negative 1x. Like I need to make sure that keeps growing on a good curve. And so I'm feeling a lot of pressure and it's all self-imposed to be successful in growing this into something, because I want it to be something. And damn it, I want it to be something now. (laughs) This might take another two years to get there. But I really want to see it keep growing. And I'm really worried about misstepping. And so far, I've been okay. So far, it keeps growing. And that's probably in spite of many, many mistakes that I've made that I've learned from. But (laughs) At some point, I'm going to screw it up, and I'm really worried when that day is going to come.
1: I totally feel you.
2: Yeah, I, t- I definitely feel that. It, it, you know, I, I and I get that with g- GIF wrapped all the time, and some of it's like self-imposed. So some of it's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna completely screw this up, and it's gonna just everything's going to go down the drain, and everything that I've worked so hard on for the last however many years is just gonna, is just gonna kind of vanish in a puff of smoke. But there's also kind of for me, uh, you know, and this might be a little bit of the case with with you, Curtis. There's also this kind of stress of what happens if somebody kind of usurps my, you know, I get Sherlocked, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden I like I'm not needed anymore, and everybody kind of moves away uh from the thing that mm-hmm. I kind of you know put so much work in over the over the years. That, that kind of stresses me out a little bit. And I don't think part of the, part of the reason is cause I'm so, like, my, you know, my feature set is so close to, you know, something that already exists in iOS. And I don't know, maybe, maybe, Curtis, you feel a little bit of the same with, with the workout stuff kind of maybe taking over at some point.
0: Well, yeah, definitely. Cause they had a, um, They So in the HomePod firmware leak back in uh, July, August, whatever that was, uh, some people were digging around the firmware and found references to some new winter sports APIs. So everyone's like, oh, what's that? That's interesting. Um, And then at the September event where they announced the Series 3 watch, they just casually in one sentence mentioned this new winter sports SDK that's going to be coming. And if you love snowboarding, you're going to love it. Guy in the crowd Cheers. (laughs) And so I'm over here scared shitless because I don't know what's coming, but something is coming. And I don't think Apple is going to make slopes per se, but from reading the HomePod leaks and seeing some of the API there, like I think that they are going to potentially gut some of the hard parts of slopes, which is great if they do it right. If done right, Mm. this is amazing and I would love to get rid of this code, but doing it right is hard. And this might get people good enough, like 80% there, that they can ship a competitive app, whereas they have to use to know how to do GPS, which is spoilers hard. So yeah, I'm kind of scared with that right now, not as a direct Sherlock, but as a dramatically lowering the bar to being a competitor to me and not having to do all the hard stuff that I had to do to get there. It's definitely something I feel. Wow, that's tough. I mean, I'm not letting it get to me. Uh, I'm kind yeah. of still in panic mode to ship 3.0, <laughs> so I can't worry yeah. about that right now. <laughs> that's an internal screaming for another day. Got bigger things to worry about. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, I definitely feel that jelly. Like it, that's that really hits close to home since the that September event was a week ago, and this has been on my mind a lot. Of <sighs> oh god, what's coming? I'm sorry to rub it in. there. Yeah, I know. know, <laughs> it's <laughs> fine. made it worse. Fine. no i mean i'm sure that that hard stuff is not the core of slopes like it's the barrier to entry to compete in this market but as long as they do it right this is a boon for me Hmm. i unfortunately know all the edge cases that they might not do it right in and that's going to make this not very usable for me and in which case that's going to hurt but we'll see
1: so uh going back to your 1x 2x 3x I, I was looking Soon to be
0: negative two X.
1: Right. So look, uh, Thanks, Apple. I was looking back at um, our numbers as we're in year five and a half. And that's basically kind of what we experienced. Um, we came out in 2012 and we were slowly growing. And so I think that's kind of what, you know, set our fears aside. We're like, well, we're growing. So even mm-hmm. if we're not making a whole lot, we're growing. Same with year two, same year with year three. And I'm like, wow, this just keeps going up. (laughs) I've got nothing to worry about. And then I don't know what happened in year four, but that's when things start dropping. And we actually released our second series of apps. So the first series was um, paid apps. They're all paid apps. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, We're trying to figure out, are we missing something huge by not doing freemium?
0: Right. I think this is when we met. You were thinking about this.
1: Yeah. And so we released something that we worked two years on. And it was freemium. And the conversion rate is just appalling. And we were also just not getting the thousands and thousands thousands of downloads that we thought we were going to get. And so Mm -hmm. not only did we release an app that was barely performing, our numbers also just went down in general. And so we had our negative one
0: next. Now, quick question. Year four was still when you were a paid app, right?
1: So we didn't switch. We didn't switch. We still have our first series. Our first series is still paid apps. And then our second series is freemium.
0: I'm just getting paranoid with a one-two punch here because first Jelly and now you because I'm in year four of Slopes. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) This podcast was not supposed to induce stress.
1: It was 2016. That didn't look so good. And we mm. had released a second series. So if you survive that, I think you'll be just fine. <laughs> we'll see. But I, I think something hap changed in you know the, the app landscape or something. Yeah. But we just weren't getting as m- many paid up downloads as we thought. And we just haven't been converting well for the freemium app.
0: Yeah, that's actually the same year I
2: switched to 2.0 with my freemium model. So it's interesting we both launched at the same time, and that kind of ties into the stress of what if I mess it up? What if I what yes. if I completely and utterly destroy my own my own creation? That's what
1: we've been asking ourselves, didn't we? Fail with our second app? But We seriously we just we think it's so much more interesting. So the first one is strictly vocabulary; it's really for really young kids, age two to six, and the second one is, I would say, between four and eight. It's a stories app, and so. Yano built like this animation engine that like animated and we used put skins on there and it just does the same thing <laughs> for several skins on a rig and like it's genius. There's so much more <laughs> thought and content that goes in there yet no people will download it but they don't purchase and I don't know it's kind of painful.
0: <laughs> yeah that that conversion rate is I, I feel that a lot. That's something I watch a lot in my app. It's A lot of experimentation to figure out what works and what doesn't work and try and figure out, you know, why it's not working. That's, it's hard. That's another great stress. Again, you can screw it up completely just because one screen has some button for a title instead of some other button that can make a 4% conversion rate difference. Uh, I mean, that's, it's kind of crazy how much you're in charge of your own destiny in that way.
2: So how do you avoid the stress that goes with that? Because, I mean, you, you obviously have to spend time thinking about it, right? How do you do that without just making the stress worse?
0: (laughs) Something I've been paying attention more and more to is the web. They excel in experimentation. That's Mm. their shtick. They are not afraid to just keep putting out things and tweaking copy and just seeing how it performs and running experiments. And I don't think we are good at that on iOS yet. So I'm actually curious with the review ratings not being reset anymore. um, Essentially, we're not punished for shipping updates if we're going to be more encouraged to experiment in that way. Like I, I think it's something we have to get better at because you're not going to get it right the first time. Mm-hmm. I, I think most of us won't get it right the first time. Um, and so the only way is to keep experimenting and maybe even to do things like A-B testing in a great, you know, Firebase or something and have server side A-B testing for simple things like copy or something. Hmm. I don't know what the answer is there yet, but I think the web has a lot of clues.
1: That kind of makes me think of um, like things like analytics, which is something I think we kind of failed at is that we... We were hoping to gain so much knowledge and do quick updates based on um, analytics, but I don't think we really utilized it all that much or knew how to read it in the way we should have. Mm-hmm. And sim- we just simply didn't have the time to update that as we were making more content. That's not a direct answer to A-B testing, but it makes me think of all these points that we aren't using yeah. where we could see the results um, of usage that the web offers. Yeah, it's a whole different yeah. skill set.
0: That we don't yeah. have, like how to do analytics and how to read those numbers, yeah, um, and what correlations matter, right? Like that's that's hard, and I suck at it still. Like I'm trying to up um, my game a little bit this year, but it's hard.
2: Well, so it's it's also somewhat more difficult to respond to that sort of stuff because you've got you've you have got a delay, and that's like regardless of how short Apple make that, in order to do a turnaround. You can probably change things that are very quick, but yeah. um, being able to adjust kind of more complex things takes time, regardless of how long it, like it could take you half a day to code it, but it might not arrive, you know, for an, another couple of days after that. Sure. So, it's like, it, that is that sort of thing is difficult, whereas on the web, it's, you know, relatively Instant. immediate. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that it can't be done, like, obviously, it can be done. You can you can kind of do A/B testing. You can trial stuff and you know adjust things as you go. But it, there is definitely more of a barrier to entry on that. Mm-hmm. And even if that's not super the case, th- th- there's kind of a mental component that goes with that that kind of makes it makes it difficult to jump into. I think.
0: Yeah. No, I I agree. No, it's it, it isn't an easy solution, but I I think it's a skill set we'll probably start developing over the next couple of years. I hope. But I want to get us back on topic, because analytics could be a whole <laughs> other topic, easily. Well, uh, I don't have a lot,
1: whole lot to say about that, since I'm, apparently I'm failing at it.
0: <laughs> I, I, we are all failing at it, don't worry. But back to things we're failing at, stress. How's that for a segue? Uh, please edit that out. <laughs> I'm just going to leave you so, the how's that for a segue bit. That's fine. Whatever you, As long as it works, it works. So... I definitely have a horror story in mind, but I'm curious. You know, we talked about what our top stresses are right now, what's been affecting us. And it sounds to be mostly around product development type stresses. But since you went independent, I'm curious, you two, what your horror stories are on what stands out in your mind as the time that you were most
2: stressed as an independent. So given that I've just effectively said that it like that A-B testing and all this, that sort of stuff, like, like there's a time delay on everything that you do. Ironically, is that maybe the thing that comes to mind for me is a time where I completely and utterly messed things up with GIF wrapped. And then there was a huge, like, week long time delay before I could, you know, sort it out again. That's the short version of the story. The slightly, (laughs) slightly, very slightly longer version is that uh, I shipped an update which effectively deleted a bunch of people's GIFs. Oh no. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Angry mobs. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, bunch of angry people. And, uh, this is like, obviously this is not a good thing. The worst part of it was that I was, I was scrambling. I was stressing the heck out. I was having, I was having literal nightmares about this sort of, this, this thing going on and people's libraries getting deleted and all that sort of stuff. But at the time, the delay between, you know, submitting an app and it going out to the store was around a week, maybe two, you know, back in, back in the day. Back in the dark ages, <laughs> yeah, and this meant that even though I fixed the bug really quickly, yeah, I had to wait for it to go out, and I tried yeah. a- applying for an expedited review, which you don't really hear a lot about anymore because it's not really super necessary. But yeah, it, like I shipped it; it had it, like the the expedited review got rejected. Mm-hmm. I just had to wait. It was super stressful, and by the time it that's went crazy, out, that's crazy because like, you're
0: deleting user data. You would think they would approve. Yeah, that. Yeah, I wonder what yeah, actually gets I, through. I, wow.
2: <laughs> yeah, Uh I think I think the reason that they gave on, at the time was that I had used one like six months uh, earlier. Oh, uh, yeah, once a year, and they don't like yeah. you using it mo- multiple times. Mm. So, I mean, what can you do? Like, it's 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 rough, yeah, and it's, it's not like I could have I could have expected that to come. So, you know, it's it was that was that was pretty uh, pretty stressful, and I still occasionally, I still occasionally have nightmares about that even now.
0: So you're so to manage that stress, you now have full unit test coverage, right?
2: <laughs> I have like two unit tests, I think, which is more than I had about six months ago. Um, to manage that stress, please email jelly. <laughs> Oh god! To to manage the stress, I basically i i I do a lot of testing um Mm. on my end. I I don't necessarily always get it right, and there was certainly there's certainly been times where you know things have gone pear shaped. You know even since then, but doing a lot of testing, making sure that the logic is kind of sound, using a bunch of different I use a bunch of different you know older. Um, versions of the app, like the data from the app, yeah, and run them through um anytime that I make significant changes. And if they're okay, then I just have to expect that they're okay. But you you, you can never get everything with, with that sort of stuff. So you just kind of... There's always the little bit of stress. There's always a little bit. <laughs> yeah.
1: So one of the things you don't really think about, or at least I didn't think about, as we've been working on this for five years, is that we always thought it was b to c and not necessarily b to b And... Uh, we were approached by a language teaching company and they were asking about sub-licensing. And I got really, really excited <laughs> because I thought this was our ticket to, <laughs> to- wealth <well. laughs> and this would secure <laughs> everything we needed. And so I I think be- like it took us four months and we, I had to drop everything and figure out how do we do this? I actually don't know anything about distribution or doing private apps is what we were trying to eventually do. Or that was going to be the plan was that we would go the the private app route. And so I had to do all this research. I, <laughs> I called like 20 people, lawyers and read up on contracts. I felt really stressed out about that. <laughs> and then at the end of the day, we had to walk away. It wasn't the right fit. But that felt like just a time suck (laughs) yeah and that prevented us or prevented me from creating more content getting more marketing done because i i thought hey if this is if this is gonna be our ticket out of here then i need to put all my energy into it and then yeah it didn't quite work out but you know i think i we learned a lot and i also think we have a lot of things in place if we were ever to go that route again so it wasn't a total loss but we both felt really stressed out about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had someone approach me for some white label stuff at one point and some other things. And yeah, the stress of feeling completely out of your depth, like, hey, they're a business. They yeah. know what they're doing. Yeah, I'm an indie. Um, I'm Googling contracts. Yes. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> there's this contract stress ready. of like having to
0: play at their game. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, exactly. It's, I've had that. And that's so intimidating. It really it's scary.
1: We even had a meeting where um, they brought on their IT team to kind of like <laughs> talk us down, like, why did you, why does it cost this much? And I'm like, well, this is how much my time is worth. That's it. Um, so that was an interesting lesson to learn. But, uh, <laughs> Jeez,
2: would you change anything about how you approach that situation if you were to, if this was to happen again?
1: I think what I learned is um, I know what we're time is, our time is worth and at least what our app is worth or what we think our app is worth and what we'll walk away from. So I think in terms of if we were to pursue something like this with someone else, we would have our numbers sort of ready early on instead of going through all this to find out at the very end that we're not even close.
0: Yeah. So, Mm. so my aforementioned horror story is, Oh geez, this is probably two years into being independent when I was more focused on contract work. And specifically back then I was more on the web I've been doing iOS since it was out, but the actual contracting I was charging for was web stuff. And I had been brought in, actually, geez, all the way back in college to this track and field foundation. And I was managing the registration system, their website, all kinds of stuff, custom apps for that. And I had a decent relationship with them. They were kind of family-like. They were nice. And then two years after going indie, which is probably eight years working with them on the side they brought me on for a big project to do a content audit of their website to redesign it like basically my dream job that was going to be great unfortunately the gentleman i was paired with basically wanted to use me as his photoshop monkey
1: oh no um, so
0: <laughs> that was that was stressful for a couple months yeah but i put my adult foot down <laughs> and you know played the played the senior developer role and was like no nope, this is how we do a content audit this is how we do this stuff and so the real stress came when i got a phone call And it was somebody else in the foundation saying that this gentleman had a friend he wanted to bring in and take a look at everything and provide his expert opinion too, which ended up after the phone call being a thinly veiled attempt to get everything that he had demanded. I originally put in, in things like auto playing splash page videos. When you first go to the website, Uh, a bunch of things that were just like, no, this, your visitors are going to kill you for this. And that, managing that and kind of learning how to put my foot down more uh was a big stress because the other people in the foundation were backing me, which was good. But working with this guy who clearly had no respect for me as a developer mm. yeah. and having to work with him over a long-term period and learn how to assert myself as some you know, at least pretending to be some form of an expert. <laughs> 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 but but to really be able to put my foot down was a whole level of stress that just, I wasn't sleeping. Kira was oh, worried. No. Like it was something that was just, it was eating me alive. And all I could really do to slodge through it is just keep on pushing and keep on fighting until it was done. And I got through it. Ooh. But that's definitely for me, that's my my indie horror story of just a client that clearly didn't respect me. And yeah, yeah it, that was a tough one.
2: Yeah. It's, no, it's, it's no fun when you work, when you have, uh, when you, not, I wouldn't say forced, but you'll, you have to end up working with people that just don't seem to have any respect for the actual, you know, for your skill set.
0: Yeah. Well, it helped me learn a bunch of my red flags. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It certainly helped me in getting future clients to kind of suss out hey, how they treat me. I think this one just blindsided me because I had been working with. That group of people and it was a dozen plus people for a long time yeah. and most of the interactions were good. Uh It was just I never had to professionally work with this gentleman friendly enough when you talk in person, but not someone I wanted to work with. So I was just forced in that situation. And so that's where it kind of threw me for a loop, I think was just not I couldn't really say no, like, unless I walk away from the whole foundation, like I had to do this. And I couldn't apply my normal red flags to suss out the person before I took the job. So it was just kind of like, "Uh."
1: well, now you can just say no to jerks like that. (laughs) Well, yeah, now I
0: have red flags. And if I'm sensing out in the early meetings that it's not going to be, you know, a mutual relationship, then I'm sorry. My time is too important. That's I'm not going to do that.
1: Yeah. Again, it's about knowing your what your time is worth and not being putting up with someone who doesn't respect you at all. That's which is how we felt with the deal essentially.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's a hard lesson. And it's about knowing your knowing your skill set. I like it's uh, which is I think especially hard uh as indies cuz you know you, you hear a lot in the tech industry talk people talking about like um imposter syndrome and you know it's it's I mean it's a it's a real thing and I have definitely experienced it I'm sure that both of you have Oh, I suffer today. from it yeah, yeah. And oh, absolutely. Yeah. And Knowing what you're worth, especially when you're dealing with potential, like, uh, you know, you know freelance contracts or, you know, people that are w- want to partner with your company, uh, you know, or aka a- a- K- you, you know, knowing how much you're worth and ha- knowing what your skill set is, is difficult. You know, it's it's a difficult thing to, like, be able to accurately know that you are worth a certain amount when you don't necessarily feel that. Mm-hmm. and that can I, I think that that can you know cause a bit of stress and it sounds certainly sounds like that's you know that that's kind of coming to play with with um both of, both of your stories
0: really
1: yeah.
2: well
0: and that definitely goes back to the money stress too because if you don't hold yourself in high enough regards and charge what you're worth then you're not going to be making the money you need so therefore right. you're putting in more hours so therefore yep. you're burning out and it just it goes downhill from there and that's yeah it's it, you it, it's hard to get a handle on charging what you're worth um and i'm st- sure i still undercharge uh but at least i'm in a ballpark of i don't have to work crazy hours anymore um but it's it's hard
2: <laughs> i'm always worried that i'm overcharging <laughs> that i'm overcharging you know it's i it, i i like i don't think that like it doesn't stop it doesn't if it, they're paying you're end. not
0: overcharging
1: <laughs> yeah if they if they felt you were no worth seriously it. if they're paying no,
2: i agree i yeah okay
1: they would have been no, gone that's, that's lo- fair. long gone
2: <laughs> yeah that's fair
0: so what do you two uh, a good place to wrap up might be um what do you two if anything have in place to help you kind of proactively manage these stresses in more of a general term. Obviously, Jelly should write some unit tests. <laughs> um, but but what, what do you have in just a general sense to help you, I guess, keep your stresses in check? Because as an indie, we're responsible for managing those stresses. It's easy easier for people with a job job to leave their stress at work, quote unquote. You know, they get in the car, they leave. That's just their whole other life. They come home, they're with their significant other, and they spend the evening together. And Mm. a lot of people have okay discipline in keeping those two lives separate. But I think for us, that's a lot harder because we are our jobs in many ways. Yeah, Our jobs are our hobbies in many ways, the things we love. Um, So we have to take that responsibility to manage the stress a little bit better. So what do you two have in place to do that?
1: So when I was thinking about the last five and a half years, I think every time, I mean I do this regularly at the beginning of the year, but typically when I do feel stressed out that the money's not coming in, I just kind of stop and make start making plans. I kind of look at where our, where the marketing plans are, if we can add more things here, what are we what are our numbers and it kind of just gives me pause to say, okay, let's revisit where we're going and do we have to pivot or not necessarily pivot, but you know, tweak tweak things here and there to get the numbers where they need to be. And I think having a plan, at least whether or not it's successful, I think it just makes you feel secure that you're going Mm -hmm. somewhere. There's a goal and you're going to at least finish your work and learn from it. But you might not. I mean, yeah, it's not no guarantee, but you're going to you have a plan. I think that helps out a lot.
2: Yeah, I certainly kind of reach for the stuff that I have control over. And in that In the same, it's actually quite the same. You know, I have, I make sure that I have, I have plans. I've started trying to, uh, you know, plan ahead Uh more, make sure that I'm sticking to those plans. You know, now that I'm finished my big release for the year, my, my attention is turning immediately to what's, what's going on next year. Um, trying to plan that out so that next year I don't feel the same stress that I've felt this year is trying to avoid, (laughs) avoid it in the first place. But when, when it does come, it's the same, it's effectively the same thing. I try to focus on the stuff that I can control, which is difficult, you know, probably more difficult to do than say. But by placing the stuff, the folk, my focus on the stuff that I can control and the stuff that I can actually do, it kind of helps to A, avoid the stress, but also to kind of take my mind off it for a bit. Hmm. So for me, I guess,
0: Maybe it's along the lines of planning, but it's kind of a hybrid of giving myself permission to put things off that I should put off. So client work, I will schedule it four months out if I know I need the buffer time or something like that. But making it so, even though I have client demanding things for me, I clearly communicate my schedule and don't try and take it all on at once um, because that's something I'm prone to do—is taking on all the things. Yeah. But giving myself permission to say no, it's okay. I can put that off because I'm looking at my yearly budget and seeing the fact that I'm okay for the year and if I take this on, that's just stretch goal, that's great. But giving myself permission for that and then when I am in stress mode and have a lot on my plate is just trying to whittle away at the little things. Like if I have a bunch of emails in my inbox, that'll stress me out. Obviously, I keep a clean desk. Same concept. So, (laughs) so it's something that like if I'm feeling stressed out, you know, Kira's company has this health survey. You have to send, you have to fill out every year to get like a couple hundred dollar discount on your health care or something like that. It's a stupid ten minute survey, but it was bugging the hell out of me sitting in my inbox, reminding me (laughs) it was one more thing I had to do. (laughs) <laughs> so I just did it over lunch a couple of days ago and I honestly feel better. So it's just kind of whittling away those little things because the big things like slopes 3.0, they're taking me four or five months to build and ship at least. And I'm not mm. going to be able to whittle that way overnight, but at least whittling the little things as they come in helps me keep sane when I have those bigger tasks to jump on.
2: Yeah. And I, th- I think it's also okay to like to say no to those things as well. Like the things that if they're bugging you and they're not important, to be able yeah. to just kind of toss them away. I mean, one of the things we we talked at the beginning of the episode about how I had a lot of stress with the with my big release that was coming up and then that kind of changed when all of a sudden I realized that I had a second app that I had to get ready. I, obviously, there was a bunch of stress that came from that and part of what I did to manage that was to just basically say, well, I'm not going to be able to get everything that I wanted. It, not everything can go out, so I have to right. choose. And so, yeah, I, I think it's completely okay to, to sa- just say to say no to those things.
0: Yeah, you have to. You have limited time. That's as indies. We have time and we need money. And so you have to guard your time like it's precious. Precious. So if, if you would like to stress me out and send us an email <laughs> that will go to my inbox... You can get in touch with us, and we encourage you to do so. Send a picture You can do that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Only if they're clean, please. Only if they're clean. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you can get in touch
0: with us at hello at independence.fm. And you can find this episode and its show notes and all the past episodes at independence.fm, along with a handy-dandy contact form, if that's your thing. If you'd like to get in touch with us individually, you can find me on Twitter as Parrots, That's the plural of the bird.
1: I'm eat a duck. I must.
0: And
2: I am jelly bean soup.
0: Thanks again for tuning in. And we will talk to you all in two weeks.